0: The Ringer Gambling Show is here to help you place your bets on the biggest sports around the world. Join NFL analyst Warren Sharp on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays with guests Chris Vernon, Ben Solak, and Joe House to guide you through the NFL betting landscape. Each week, they'll cover everything from spreads, game totals, and parlays to player props, futures, post-game reactions, and more. Check out The Ringer Gambling Show on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. It's The Mismatch, presented by FanDuel. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit theringer.com slash RG to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus plus impressive to select dates. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit the slash RG. Today's episode is brought to you by Prime Video. Uncontrollable frowning, an inability to smile, an expression like you just smelled something rotten. These are all signs of resting binge face caused by too many streaming services. But Prime Video ends resting binge face so you can smile again. Easily find your favorite shows like Reacher Season 2. Rent or buy new release movies like Hunger Games, The Ballad of Songbirds, and Snakes. Get everything included on Prime. And add hundreds of streamers like Max for True Detective Night Country. One app, one password. Prime Video. Find your happy place. Restrictions apply. Prime membership not required to rent or buy. Prime membership requires for add-on subscription. See amazon.com slash amazon prime for details.
1: Welcome to The Mismatch. I'm Chris Vernon. And joining me as he does every Friday from TheRinger.com is Kevin O'Connor, a.k.a. Kevin Obama. Kevin O'Concert, Kevin O'Blizarian, Kevin O'Killian, Kevin OClimer, Kevin O'Candyland, Kevin
0: Bruno, What's going on, buddy? How you doing this Friday?
1: Everything's good. Uh, this has been quite the eventful week, as is the case with many of our podcasts. If we talk somebody up, they disappoint mm. right after. <laughs> and on Tuesday, we talked up the Miami Heat, who had a historically great point differential through the first seven games of the season. Uh, It was 16.7, which was, uh, you know, if it held for the season would blow the doors off the highest point differential ever recorded by a team. But again, small sample size. Uh, So we talked them up, worried about the Celtics after the Marcus Smart comments, the players only meeting that was not a players only meeting (laughs) took place. Celtics got back on track and shocking win last night against Miami. So par for the course, we talk down Boston, we talk up Miami, and then we get last night's result.
0: Yeah. And there we go. Yeah. We made
1: it happen. Chris, we, we
0: fixed the Celtics nothing to do with their players only meeting, which was really, I mean, how many like first three weeks of the season players only meetings have there actually been i know woge said in his initial report that you know it wasn't exactly productive mm. um it seemed like the results were productive on the court played their best defensive game of the season uh, but how long lasting are any lessons learned or you know insights and opinions shared from that meeting that still remains to be seen but that was one great night for boston for sure
1: I once covered a player after it was reported that there was a players-only meeting, and he uh, he said to me, players-only meetings are for teams that suck. Hmm. <laughs> That's all you need hmm. to know. And he goes, I've never been on a team that didn't suck that had a players-only meeting. And I was like, oh, well. Interesting. <laughs> tough. That's tough. Whether you want to take it with a grain of salt or not. Um, and, Kevin, with that, what we're going to see is, is this a temporary boon, like, you know, they had this meeting, they rallied together, and they're playing really well, or is it something that is going to last for the team? And the really tough part is much greater concerns than anything they've fixed uh, recently is the Jalen Brown stuff. Because as we've talked about throughout the years on this podcast, hamstrings are an incredibly difficult thing to deal with, any kind of muscles because it's just time. And it's frustrating because typically what you have in a situation is you have the injury, you have the diagnosis, you have the timetable and or surgery, and then you have the recovery, right? The rehab. And then they come back. Hamstrings, it's just indefinite usually, right? And he's twinged it now, And so we will see, but the problem becomes that this is not only, this isn't the first time for Jalen Brown. Um, And it says that he had this right hamstring tightness. Uh, He appeared to bother his hamstring on a play in the third quarter and then it said he had some tightness. He has a little history with stuff over there. So we want to be cautious. We'll check it out tomorrow. We'll know more tomorrow. And so we will find out, but it's unknown if he's going to miss any games. But it's just something to monitor because he's obviously essential to that team. And it's something that's bothered him in the past. And we know hamstrings, um, you know, they've changed the course of NBA history, literally, with playoff. Uh, guys having to miss playoff time, and yeah. and it's also something not to screw around with, because if it does get strained, that can be a very long injury that you just have to give time to.
0: Yeah, I mean, and ultimately for Boston here, you know, if Jalen Brown does miss some extended period of time, um, he's been you know every other game basically, you know, top ten quality scorer. Uh, and then, he then you, you know, sometimes we'll have an inefficient night and an elite night and an inefficient night, but you're missing out on those elite nights from Jalen Brown. So for the Celtics team here, look, dude, uh, on paper, I still think this team has a hell of a lot of talent on paper, and, and it's just about getting it right and getting it right includes Jalen Brown being on the court. And being able to develop that chemistry with teammates, or getting to see, you know, what changes need to be made to the roster. Um, no, Jalen Brown hurts a lot, especially with how deep and loaded the Eastern Conference is. Uh, that just puts more of a responsibility on Jason Tatum to bring it every single night. And you know, I mean, last night it's kind of funny. Celtics win that game despite Tatum going three for thirteen, despite Brown going five for fourteen. It's like an overall. Team win in the sense that the defense is what really, you know, fueled them to victory. And well, and, and
1: and the heat missing a million shots and a yes. million threes. Nine of forty-one from three for Miami. Nine That's outrageous. Of 41, yeah.
0: And even thirteen of nineteen from the line. I mean, they 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 didn't shoot a lot of three throws and they missed, you know, they they hit under seventy percent
1: of them. Duncan Robinson might have had the craziest line you've ever seen. Oh, my God. Five. For those that have not seen this (laughs) in the box score last night, Duncan Robinson was five for 17 in the game. He was five for 17 from three. (laughs) He shots. It's the only shots he took last night. He took 17 threes. But, yeah, to your point, Kev, given what has taken place with the Celtics this week, if I would have told you, hey, Kev, on Thursday night, There's a Miami-Boston game. Tatum and Brown are going to go eight for 27. I mean, what is the amount of money you would have put on Miami? Like, (laughs) whatever you possibly could. And so, you're right. I mean, there's a lot of missed shots for Miami, but also an outstanding defensive effort. And that is heart. That is effort. And that is part of what people had complained thus far about being, being missing. From that Boston team so far, right? Um, anyway, yeah, good win for them, right? We'll see if it's a blip, and obviously we've got to monitor uh, the Jalen Brown situation. Um, a couple other things that we got to get to from last <laughs> night: Oklahoma City now has two wins, and they're both against the Lakers. <laughs> and you know they're gonna have <laughs> so funny with the ab- <laughs> I can't get it over really that. is with the, with the abdominal strain. Uh, that LeBron has, he's going to be out for a while. Yeah. And one of the things that we talked about was, and everybody did, you have this issue of at the ages that they are and the injury histories that they have, that AD and LeBron are probably not going to be playing anywhere close to 82 games. And even when healthy are probably going to rest here and there throughout the year. Um, That being said, we thought that that's where the Westbrook thing fills in the gaps, right? That these guys are going to be able to sit without some kind of massive downturn that they don't have to have both of them playing in order to win. And instead, that game last night comes down to the very end. Westbrook wildly just drives and loses the ball completely out of bounds. And then with a three at the end of the game, just a colossal brick, no ball movement, nothing. Not, and not to mention
0: the poor off ball defense on the yeah. cut to the rim by OKC. Horrible. Just a horrible, clueless defense. That's what it was. Clueless.
1: For anybody that fell asleep, Go look at the Alexander Shea Gilders, Alexander three that, oh, that he hit that logo three. Oh, my God, dude. He made some ridiculous plays
0: in that second half. Just ridiculous from,
1: from the L in yeah. Lakers. Yeah, I, I couldn't believe he shot it. Yeah, I think it's I think it's Avery Bradley and Avery Bradley is like, I don't know, five feet away from him. Yeah,
0: not expecting it. The pickup point. He He's telling the defense, hey, your pickup point. Needs yeah. to be higher. Or I'm gonna take this shot.
1: But I mean, Avery Bradley is what, five feet past the three-point line <laughs> and three feet from Gil. I yeah. mean, Gil- <laughs> Alexander, he had to have been eight to ten feet behind the line.
0: I, I think, I mean, that play was spectacular to see from SGA. My favorite play from him in that second half was I think like five-ish minutes left. He, you know, is in pick and roll. And just the way he just kind of methodically got to the rim like yeah. a slight hesitation on 80 then a speed burst and then like like the timing on his euro step was like just offbeat and it just threw off the help defenders inside I believe Austin Reeves and Russell Westbrook to get an open layup it was just the way he manipulated the defenders with with his movement because he's so unpredictable with his movements, yep. and that's what made that pull up three from the logo. It was unpredictable. SGA. Yep. It's it's hard to know what direction he's gonna move because he's kind of like so herky jerky yet fluid right. at the same time. He he's such a strange player. Um, but but I love watching him. I really love watching Gildas Alexander. He does some fun stuff on the court, dude. He really Outstanding does. Outstanding
1: player. Uh, yeah. He's great. He's from real. Ha-
0: Tom Haberstroh this morning. Oh, I know I had that stat ready too, Chris. I know it's coming.
1: This is a great stat. He tweeted Russell Westbrook loves this shot. Since his MVP season, Westbrook has taken more tie or go ahead three pointers in the final (laughs) minute of games than any other NBA player. His stats on those shots. Eight for 42, Chris, (laughs) eight for
0: 42, 19%. Are you kidding me? Stop taking so many shots Pass the ball. Do what you're best at. And also, please focus on off-ball defense and stop making silly mistakes. Come on. It's so solvable, Chris. These, these are solvable flaws. It just annoys
1: me. I, like it's He's called- a great player. He can be even better. Just, just fix it. Fix it. This is... Um- that's called the "I got this." Oh, I got this. Nineteen percent. That's tough.
0: <laughs> I mean, like you, you and me are on kind of different ends of the Russell Westbrook spectrum, Chris.
1: Well, I'm not I'm, defending this. <laughs> uh, uh, well, it's, be, it's like, come on.
0: <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad that we're on the same page here.
1: What Just, do you think? You think I'm going to be like Kevin? It's 19%. Come on. <laughs> I mean, look, he's, he's making one of five.
0: What's that uh, game of zones thing that they have us arguing? Yeah, right. what, what is that you say in there? Russell uh, Westbrook. He's a star. I trust Russell Westbrook to take the shot. Something. And I'm like, Russell Westbrook shoots. Bah, 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 and yeah. They, <laughs> and
1: then
0: the fireball comes and kills us. Yeah, That's he classic. gets us. Yeah.
1: Um, whatever happened to that game of zones?
0: They uh, stopped doing it. Why? I mean, could've, I don't know. Like, Game, of, Game of Thrones ended. And I don't care. I want I it back. Yeah, I love that. I, I think I, I think it's gonna be very tough for any series to match that. Yeah, I think great. they. I think they could have kept re- writing original material for it. Like you don't need Game of Thrones to, to make you. Game of Zones, and not only that. They, they're bringing those Game of Thrones, you know. Yeah, pre-shows, you know. And
1: there's going to be a movie. Yeah, there's gonna inevitably, be a bunch of them.
0: there's going to be so yep. much material out yep. there.
1: Anyway, the bring West, it back, bring it West, back, West, boys. Westbrook thing, an absolute debacle uh, down the stretch last night, and it just speaks to, hey, are they going to be in the same kind of spot that they were last year, which was not with a great seed that is. Uh, reflective of their talent level it's possible you know i mean it's a uh, team that or maybe it is reflective of their talent level maybe we'll see i mean the the okc having their two wins against them is absolutely hilarious it's comical and it's also it's pathetic comical. for the for the <laughs> lakers right laker fans are already they, like russ has not won them over let's just say that no no, no. He has not and won them it's over.
0: Of, it's because of stuff like last night, dude. I mean, yeah. I mean I mean it. I mean, it. I've meant it for years. This dude's a great player who does some of the stupidest stuff on the court, yeah. man. I'm telling you, he's the NBA's Brett Favre. He yeah. does this magical stuff. Yeah. He, he does incredible feats of greatness on the court or on the field. And then he throws an interception. Yeah. A backbreaking interception to lose the game for the Packers or the Vikings or the Jets, like Favre did throughout his entire career. Russell Westbrook does the same damn thing. He does amazing stuff on the court, and then he screws it up sometimes. And, like, I respect the guy. I love to watch Russell Westbrook. But the, the play, the turnover, the three, and the, the defense – the defense is the one that bothered me most, Chris. What was Russell Westbrook doing on that play, leaving his assignment he just floated away? Mm. He's so aloof on defense, it just, it just annoys me, man. Like, it really does. It's so solvable. Just lock in. Lock in. Especially
1: in those moments. Another thing that has taken place since we last spoke is mm. the Atlanta Hawks' struggles continue. This is through nine games, and it's not like they're – Behind the eight ball. But they're four and five to start off the season. And they looked so good that first night against Dallas. We didn't really know what to make of it. A lot of it was criticisms of Jason Kidd. But then, you know, their losses are to Cleveland, to Washington, to Philadelphia, and to Brooklyn. Those were all on the road. And then last night, they get pasted by Utah on their home force. So that was their first home loss. But more concerning, I think, is you had that opening night. You know, when your other wins are against Detroit, <clears throat> New Orleans, uh, of course, without Zion, and then the Wizards at home on Monday night. And, you know, we talked about this a lot, and I talked about this regarding the Phoenix Suns this year. And I said, it's going to be harder simply because, and there's a whole other layer to there, you know, how difficult it's going to be for them anyway. But uh, I got some. Not a lot, but I did get some people recoiling at me saying about the Suns that you only get to sneak up on everybody once. And I believe that wholeheartedly, that when you have been a Moribund franchise and you haven't done anything for the longest time, and then all of a sudden you become, in their case, an Eastern Conference Finals team, Well, then you come back the next year, and when people see your name on the schedule, it is treated differently than it has been in the past. And in fact, to that point, Trey Young even spoke about this regarding uh, this year, and he said, we are no longer the hunters. Um yeah obviously speaking about the position that they were able to be in last year it's the regular season i'm not going to lie it's a lot more boring than the playoffs you got to find that motivation to play like it's the playoffs uh and then he said a lot of guys are learning that uh this year he said it's tough uh trying to rally some of the teammates during early in the season because it's not like the playoffs and that's an element of it too when you play in those incredibly high-stakes games with those atmospheres, and then you come back during the regular season and you just figure we're going to be a playoff team, then until you do it, those regular season games matter a lot to you, right? Because you've never been there. And then once you do it and you have success there, it can have this effect where it's like, well, this isn't as fun. But, but until you get there, you're fighting to get there, you know? When you lose a game to a team that you shouldn't, it matters a lot more to a team that hasn't done anything. Like, I promise you, nobody la- lost any sleep on the Lakers last night. Nobody. Yeah. But for a team that's, like, fighting and know there's going to be scratching and clawing to try to get in the playoffs, when they lose to OKC, they do lose sleep. Because they look back and they say, that's one that we let, we let get away. And wins matter so much more. And so now they have gone to the hunted by virtue of their success. And it hasn't started off all that well, even though they have talent, they have depth, they've got all the pieces. Trey's not going to the line. I mean, I think he's been to the line 10 times in a game. Um, whereas that was rather commonplace.
0: Trey's down two seasons ago, 9.3 free throw attempts per game. Last season, 8.7, down to 5.6 per game so far this year.
1: And it affects the offense. There's no question. It affects the offense because so much revolves around him. And as we've talked about, I absolutely believe that lack of free throws does uh, hurt guys get into a rhythm that they did get into by going to the free- throw line frequently that even if you missed a couple of shots, all of a sudden you get to the free throw line, you take the breather, you watch the ball go in a couple of times, now they get back on rhythm. Um, and so that's an effect too. but I do think it's more of now people see Atlanta and it's not like, oh yeah, Atlanta, we can you know we'll win this one. like that people don't feel that way anymore. And you know. This is, this is what happens. You, as I've said, you only get to sneak up on everybody once. You know, some of these teams are benefiting from it. The teams that get better, right, a lot better, especially at the beginning of the season, then they get to Cleveland. People over, you know, everybody's just chalked up wins against Cleveland for years. Cleveland will beat you now, right? Um, last year, Charlotte. People just chalked up wins against Charlotte. And then Charlotte was good. At the beginning of the season. And next thing you know, you've lost games at Charlotte. Um, and we'll see who this year's teams are. Cleveland's obviously one of them in the early season, but the reverse is true too. You don't you don't get to do that twice. Yeah. Now you're good.
0: Yeah, I mean Trey Trey said it last night. We're no longer the hunters. Yeah. Um, I, I thought one of the interesting parts in Trey's quote last night, after he said we're no longer the hunters, he continued. It's regular season. I'm not going to lie. It's a lot more boring than the playoffs. You've got to find that motivation to play like the playoffs.
1: I I read Uh, all the, I read this whole thing. I, I,
0: I thought that was a transparent and honest comment. Like it's partially as you're saying that you're the team. Everybody knows what to expect now. They get a whole year of film on you. They know not to take you lightly. You're the team that is like, you know, the hunted now. You're not the hunter, but also the regular season is boring. You know, so, like, is the team also having a hard time getting up for games, staying intense on defense um, the way they did last year, the way they defended as a whole unit? Um, the team's also had some injuries mm-hmm. through training camp, preseason, start of the regular season. How much is that a factor? How much is the other thing that I'm thinking about is um, sometimes after a team has success the first time, you know, guys want the ball a little bit more. Mm. And, and, like, the, Atlanta has a roster full of players who can do something off the dribble in addition to being that fit that a good fit next to trey young spot up threes three and d and all that but like you know cam reddish deandre hunter danilo gallinari delon Wright, kevin herter there's a bogdan bogdanovich these are a lot of guys that can all handle the ball in some capacity and you know sometimes their offense just feels really disjointed their defense is not on the same level it was before it's been below average so far this season i believe it's bottom 10 in defensive rating after that utah game i think they were 18th entering that game but um i don't know dude it's just a lot of things with atlanta right now it's a lot of different issues and i'm not sure which one is an is a cause it's probably just a combination of all of them the 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 concern is like how fixable is this with the current roster Chris is this something where you know they get back to the level that they were with the current roster they have or is there a need for some consolidation with the amount of talent and depth that they have and turning like three into one that that to me is like the big solution I'm just not sure that's there for them this season just because the trade market is so flat there's just not a lot out there that makes sense for a team like the Hawks. But I I lean towards that being a solution. Um, But ultimately, like, depth is still good to have. Um, But there's something's off. Something's off.
1: The other thing that is odd about them, Kev, is they stunk last year and then became awesome. Yeah. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it literally flipped midseason. And it could again this year. Could. It could. It could. You know what I mean? But they changed coaches. Mm -hmm. Last year, and so last year, even more so than the sneaking up on people, they had the added advantage of it didn't happen for a couple of months, honestly, until they were somebody that you needed to, they they were somebody to be trifled with. It took a while, and then, you know, people started to notice, hey, Atlanta's pretty good, but, you know, now... It's a different deal with a target on your back. That's for sure. And the trade thing, is a it's a deal. You know what I mean? You, when you go from one of the most devastating scorers in the league, him and Harden are absolutely having a different time during these games. There's no question. There is an adjustment that has to take place with them that is greater than than their peers, and that is because they are responsible for this. Harden, you know, playing for fouls, both of them, playing for fouls rather than playing for buckets. Um, And Trey's big move was how many times did he come around those screens and just stop and let you run him over or start taking a shot as soon as you did come over the screen? Um, That's not a play you can do anymore. And that happened regularly, (laughs) you know. And you just yeah. go to the line, make three free throws.
0: Yeah, it's tough. I mean, Trey, this is probably an adjustment period for Trey. He's also yeah. not shooting the three well right now. Right. Um, you know, he's I think 25% on the season. It's still so early. I mean, like you hit no. five more shots, it turns you into 35%. Um, but I mean, I I'd I'd still love to see Trey. I mean, like I just said earlier, they have so many guys that can handle the ball. I'd still love for Trey to embrace some stuff off the ball because he's a much better shooter off the catch from three than he is off the dribble. Like it's it's like dynamite. Mm -hmm. Some of the highlights are off the dribble. He's a far more efficient shooter off the catch. I I would just love to see Atlanta incorporate more Trey Young coming off of screens, hitting threes on the move or just simply getting opportunities spotting up. That allows him to rest. It allows him to to get over the course of the long regular season to rest and just get more efficient looks. Maybe that helps that offense out sometimes, getting different guys into pick and roll. They have enough bodies that can do it. I just love to see that dimension of Trey's game be really unleashed this year. But so far, it continues to be just a lot of on ball and then a lot of stationary, you know, standing around off ball, which I don't, I don't feel like that fully embraces what Trey can be.
1: And you just can never, you can never reciprocate that hunger. Once you have a lot of success, you know, it's almost like you're made men, you know? And it'll happen with Phoenix. It's happening with Atlanta. Last year, it happened with Miami. Miami was in the NBA Finals. They weren't any good last year, Kevin. I mean, they weren't. And then got run out in the playoffs. Um, the Lakers screwed around last season. It wasn't the same. I mean, it's just, I think you find this to be true of a lot of teams that have a tremendous amount of success, especially the ones that have a tremendous amount of success out of nowhere and then next year. And that's why he said what he said, which is, well, this isn't. Yeah, I, I didn't know the difference between the regular season and the playoffs until last year. <laughs> yeah. this is, you know what I mean? Everybody ain't screaming all the time. I don't get to bow. Every game to Madison Square Garden or whatever, right? This, this feels like a small stage.
0: The regular um, season's boring, he says. Yeah, That's yeah. something. <laughs> what an admission. <laughs> <laughs> Today's episode is brought to you by Prime Video. Uncontrollable frowning an inability to smile. An expression like you just smelled something rotten. These are all signs of resting binge face caused by too many streaming services. But Prime Video ends resting binge face so you can smile again. Easily find your favorite shows like Reacher Season 2. Rent or buy new release movies like Hunger Games, The Ballad of Songbirds, and Snakes. Get everything included on Prime. And add hundreds of streamers like Max for True Detective Night Country. One app, one password. Prime Video. Find your happy place. Restrictions apply. Prime membership not required to rent or buy. Prime membership requires for add-on subscription. See amazon.com slash amazon prime for details. Today's episode of The Mismatch is brought to you by USAA Insurance. When you're a homeowner in the military community, peace of mind is priority. And USAA Homeowners Insurance has the award-winning service to give you just that. They'll help you protect your home and what's inside of it at the high standard their members have grown to expect. If you have to file a claim, the process is transparent and easy. And you can do it all right in the USAA app. And they offer many discounts to help their members save. That could put your wallet at ease, too. Visit usaa.com slash homeowners to learn more. Eligibility restrictions apply. USAA means United Services Automobile Association and its affiliates.
2: San Antonio, Texas. This episode is brought to you by NetSuite by Oracle. As your business grows, you might start seeing some lag. There's too much work for your team, too many different processes, and it takes forever to close the books. If this sounds like you, you should know these three numbers, thirty-seven thousand, twenty-five, and one. NetSuite does that for your business and then some. It's one efficient system, one source of truth with everything you need to grow. Right now, download NetSuite's popular KPI checklist designed to give you consistently excellent performance absolutely free at netsuite.com slash ringer. That is netsuite.com slash ringer.
1: We need to speak on this. A couple articles that have dropped this week since we last spoke. Um, One, much uh, more talked about than the other. So I'm going to get to the 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 lesser-known one first, which is Chris Haynes and his article about Damian Lillard and about this meeting that took place with LeBron James and Anthony Davis. Now, you know, goes out of the way to say, hey, this wasn't a, you know, recruitment meeting because you don't want to get in trouble for tampering or anything like that. But obviously, he is talking to those guys and was talking to those guys about his career um, and his plight in Portland. And it's fascinating to read that after he had this meeting with uh, LeBron and AD and mulling a trade request, as it were, um, he said, Bron asked me what I was thinking about my situation, and and I just told him what I'm telling you. I just want to be in a position to win it all. He painted the picture to me that if I were to leave, the situation could look like this. He didn't tell me to come to L.A. He didn't say anything to me that I didn't already know other than what it could look like. I told him, I know if I were to play with y'all, I know it would work out because of my skill set and who I am and who they are, which is hilarious, right? It's like, hey, he didn't tell me to come to Los Angeles. We just talked about, hey, what would it look like if it was me and you and Anthony Davis? It's like what are we doing here? What is that? Is that recruiting? There's not a recruiting pitch, I guess. Um they just discussed it like players do. It's odd that this article is coming out now, right? About him uh and he says, you know, I you know, now if I were to move on and I get there and it doesn't work out and then they decide to blow it up. Now I'm part of a deal going somewhere else. You look at some of the dudes around the league that were at the top of their game and they made one move and now they're on this team, next year on another team, and now they're somewhere completely different. As much as I want to win, I want to do it my way. And so, let's find it interesting that like, you know, we're not that far <laughs> into the season and we're kind of revisiting the whole Lillard level of happiness and, hey, he went and talked to LeBron and AD in the offseason, and it just speaks to, you know, he he's struggled early, especially shooting the ball uh, to start off this season, but it just speaks to one of those, like, eh, maybe this isn't going to go away, you know? Because it's already coming up again. Why are, we, why are we talking about this again? And you know Haynes has had the inside on the Lillard thing the whole time. So I mean, probably,
0: makes- Chris was probably at the meeting.
1: <laughs> he probably was. He probably was, that's why I mean, he was a- at Dame's
0: wedding this, this offseason. <laughs> it's, a,
1: it's, a, it's a firsthand account. Yeah, that, that's why it fascinates me. Right. Like why? Like Chris Haynes is writing this now. Right. Yeah. Like if everything's peachy keen and he's happy and he's committed and he's, you Feels know, like,
0: doesn't it feel like a warning shot?
1: It kind of does, doesn't it? Like, hey, I got options. (laughs) It just, it just, it's just odd. I mean,
0: with all that said, though, in that story, he did mention the Giannis factor, him winning the championship with Milwaukee made him feel like, you know, winning it in Portland. I would cry. There's nothing that would be better of a career achievement than doing that. I want to win in Portland. Like he has those quotes on the record that he, you know, he said he's 10 feet in when Sixers fans were chanting, you know, we want Dame, and he says, I'm 10 feet in Portland. I'm mean, a ten, 10 toes in Portland. <laughs> Not 10 feet. <laughs> yeah. 10 toes in Portland. You know, like, he's saying all these
1: Well, things. and maybe, and you know what? And you could take it the other way. The other way is, this is Payne's doing this, writing this at this time, because it's like, the meeting took place a long time ago, right? A long time ago, yeah. Okay. So why, but... The, It's another, if you want to view it the positive way, which is totally reasonable. Haynes is writing this as to show another commitment of Damian Lillard. Yeah. Like, he has said he's loyal. He said he's 10 toes down. He said he's going to do this. Now, let me tell you, this is a guy that went and talked to LeBron. He talked to AD. He talked to other people. He didn't make a public trade request. and. Yes, he did talk to people about whether he should leave or not. And the choice he made was to do this. And so it's almost like I took it one way, but it probably was meant to be reverse PR as to say, stop talking about his commitment to Portland. Here's a story of if he wanted to leave, he would have left. Yeah. If he wanted to go somewhere, he would have gone somewhere after he talked to LeBron and AD. He yeah. didn't. So He's everybody, here.
0: he's staying, you know. And like so everybody could be, can
1: be quiet about it now. Yeah, like, I mean, so-
0: it could be that. I mean, from I've talked to people around the league about, you know, what from a strategic point of view what's happening here, you know? He goes from making these, you know, vague comments about, yeah, I don't know how long I'll be here, like weeks before the season to suddenly I'm all in. And like there are there are front office executives around the league who think this is a, a strategic choice by the Blazers, Dame's, you know, group and all that in order to create leverage for the organization because right now around the league teams just want Dame. Mm. They don't they don't want CJ McCollum, they don't want Yusuf Nurkic. They're like we're going to wait for Dame. To demand a trade and like, especially the Philadelphia 76ers, like Maury is still all about waiting for Dame. So this is about, you know, in the eyes of some executives around the league, this is about creating leverage for the blazers in order to make a move that can help the team with Damian Lillard on it by committing and showing that you're all in and every single facet over the, over the course of time that diminishes or could diminish. They hope the desire from other teams. To go for Damian Lillard and instead say, okay, we'll take C.J. McCollum. Okay, we'll take this guy, that guy. Yeah. I mean, how effective is that? I, I don't personally think it's all too effective. Winning, winning games is what will be effective if Portland yeah. wins games. But if they don't win games, the, all this you know potential public stuff, what they're saying to the media and everything, what they're leaking out, I don't think that's really all that effective. at the end of the day when they're 3-5 and and their defense stinks.
1: um, But this was a Dame leak. You know, like, this only comes out if he speaks on this. Players meet with each other all the time. He made this known. He wanted this out to say, in no uncertain terms, LeBron and AD recruited me, and I didn't go. I met with them. They recruited me, talked about what yeah, it would well, that's look what I'm like. Saying. It's a dame, I, and it's I didn't a damn
0: that's what I'm saying. It's a dame league. There are people hmm. around the league who think it's all coordinated in the sense oh, that it's like we want these things out there in order to gain leverage for the Blazers. Because he does want to stay. Hmm. I mean, like I, I think it's authentic that he wants to stay in Portland. He wants to win a championship in Portland. But it's about building a team that can, that can actually do that.
1: So then everybody stops talking about. So everybody just shuts up about trading for Dame. Yeah. Or, or, or even thinking it's a possibility. Yeah, exactly. That, and and, and I, I really
0: yeah. think that's part of it. And like maybe it's also, you yeah, know, yeah, no, no, I think I, I think it. it's I think it's rooted in truth. It's not like it's they're being inauthentic about no, it. No, he I wants it. to stay. Yeah. It's his preference.
1: But they've got to be better.
0: But they just have to be better. That's what changes things: is winning games. They're three and five. They're twentieth in defensive rating. Uh, and like they, they need to be better. Their offense, despite Dame being, you know, horrible to yeah. start the year, is still sixth. Their offense is still doing quite well despite the struggles of Dame. So it's about getting that defense right. It's about Damian Lillard getting back to the game we've watched for years now. Um, and then maybe they can start racking up some wins yeah. and, and then all that stuff about trading for name may indeed actually just get quiet. It could I totally
1: buy what you're saying. I, I totally buy this, but th- that, and it's, it's not unwise, right? T- definitely not. Say, definitely look, not. Look, look, bro. I like the strategy. If that's wa- indeed what's we, happening. We I wanna, like it. We want to get better too, right? We want to build a title around you. We think you can be that guy. Here's the problem. Everybody calls about you because they think you want out of here. So.
0: Because of the stuff that was said over the offseason. Right. right. Which was fair.
1: And so he has done this massive PR course in 10 toes down. I'm staying in Portland. LeBron and AD recruited me. And I'm still not leaving. I'm not leaving. Yeah. I told you I'm here. Right. Like. Mm -hmm. And. That gives you a chance because, I mean, at, at worst, people stop thinking that they're going to get you, yes. right? If LeBron and AD couldn't recruit you, then why, why is Daryl Morey sitting around waiting till he can get you? <laughs> Doesn't make any sense, right? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, yeah. per, Perception-wise. Um,
0: we'll, we'll see, though, man. We'll see like I, I said, yeah. at, at the end of the day, winning. That's what can get teams to just stop calling about you winning. And until the, the team starts winning, I, I don't think the calls are going to stop. I don't think teams are going to assume that Dame is going to stay unless that team starts winning.
1: I think that's fair. I will say this, though, Kevin, um, that right now in the just the way the season has played out thus far. Utah uh, is seven and one got a great record. Okay. But then you look like right now, if you take a snapshot, it's Utah, Golden State, Dallas, Memphis. Those are the top four teams right now. So I mean, we can't make too much of anything that goes on thus far. But but it also speaks to nobody is awesome. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you might be three and four, but so what? Nobody is awesome. If you're, yeah, oh yeah, you're still in it. You. Well, and the other thing is, who do you look at and say we can't beat that team? (laughs) <laughs> like there's nobody that you say we can't beat them, right? Look at, look at
0: Memphis. they get pretty no, scared.
1: No, they did beat the crap out of Memphis. It's one of their wins this year. But no, I mean, like you you look and you say, you know, if we get things right, we're, we're going to be able to compete with any of these teams. Because nobody, there's not a 16, 17 Warriors In this deal. Oh, no. There's not even an early LeBron AD. It's a wide
0: open championship race.
1: It really is. Yes. And so. Wide open. You know, teams probably have less interest in being extremely reactive and loading up to beat a certain team because some of the teams that have the best records, at least thus far, are not the teams that are going to have the best record in the end, number one. And number two, even if they are, they're not teams that have proven that they can, you know, beat everybody. You know, you've had yeah. some extenuating circumstances. And, and again, uh, Golden State clearly has played great at the beginning of the season and they'll get Clay back. Definitely. We expect them to be very good, but it's not, you don't look at them and go, geez, if we drew them in the playoffs, we'd have no chance. You still yeah. got Damian Lillard, no matter what team, you know, what team you play.
0: I mean, I still think Portland's two moves away. Uh, I yep. think they're a CJ for Ben Simmons move and something with Nurkic. Nurkic isn't the same guy. Uh, and, I, and I don't think the Nurkic Simmons front court would be great. But uh, I think if, if you're able to make two moves, which I know, like, that's probably this might be too much 2K, you know, yep. trading McCollum and Nurkic. But I, I just think the Ben Simmons, Damian Lillard fit would just be absolutely extraordinary. I really do. I think those two guys would be so fantastic to watch together. And then flipping Nurkic for some other type of big and maybe another wing. Um, I don't know. Yep. But I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm just talking gotcha. off the dome here. But I, I think there's like slight tweaks that can really elevate what Portland is. Um, but they get a win, dude. They get a win by January and February. They have to be a winning team at that point in the playoffs in order to be in a position where teams aren't just going to be like, yeah, we'll wait till the summer
1: yep. for Dame. We'll wait. The other article that dropped was much more talked about, I think, yeah. than the than the Lillard one, and that was the Robert Sarver article. Um, within NBA circles, people knew that this was coming out even before. I, I know Jordan Schultz a couple weeks ago said, "There's a Sarver story that's coming out," and then Sarver and his group tweeted out some stuff, you know, preemptively. But people had an awareness. That Baxter had been working on this, and that it was going to come out. Um, we understand from reading the article that probably got delayed more than a few times because of uh, what four different, I think it says, letters from lawyers that came in. So yeah. Sarver Sarver loaded up uh, mm-hmm. before this thing ever even dropped. But great work by Baxter Holmes, First thing. Second thing is. The NBA has a tremendous issue on their hands, of which they now have to deal with, Um, as do the Phoenix Suns, for that matter, where they are going to go investigate on their own. And so who knows how long that will take or what the outcome is going to be, but that was the NBA's response to the article that came out yesterday. And the article, as it chronicles the actions of Robert Sarver, um, I mean, it makes it he, he, deplorable. His actions yeah, are absolutely horrible. positively deplorable. And horrible. I'd encourage anybody to go out of their way and listen to the episode of The Real Ones yesterday. Because I absolutely wanted to hear what Rajah had to say about this. And uh, so he and Logan who do a fantastic job, I, I tuned it in. Ringer to hear NBA it. show. Yeah, on the Ringer NBA show. Uh and Rajah. At one point, he talks about how he didn't have that kind of experience, you know, a racial uh, experience with Robert Sarver during his time there. But at one point, he does, he tells a story, and it's not meant, I think, he's just relaying a story, and it's not meant to uh, back up necessarily anything in the article. He's just speaking on his experience. And when I heard the story, and it doesn't sound like that big of a deal, um, to me, it told me everything I needed to know about whether or not this guy should get any benefit of the doubt. Rajat tells a story about how he's playing great, he's in his prime, and he wanted to get an extension, first contract. He loved it in Phoenix, right? So he goes out to lunch, and he goes out to lunch with uh, Steve Kerr, And with Robert Sarver and they're sitting there and Rajah says me and my wife, family, we love it here. I want to be here long term. Um, I want to get an extension. I think I'm deserving of an extension. Um, and Robert Sarver said, uh, you want an extension? And he's like, yeah, I I want to get an extension. And he says, uh, I, uh, I think you're deserving of an extension, too. But I'm not going to give you one. And you know why? And Roger was like, why? And he goes, because I don't have to. <laughs> and I was like, as I'm listening to that, I'm like, bro, what a dickhead. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean, like, what a dickhead. Like, there's nothing you could tell me. It's, the kind of guy that set, like, acts like that. Is the kind of guy I'll believe anything about. Who does that? Who says something like that to somebody, right? Like you, it, it, to me, that story illuminates the type of person that is. And
0: that can be, and that's like a story about a normal interaction. It's
1: a normal interaction. Yeah. That's yeah. not. That's not a. He didn't think it was because of racism. He or didn't think it was or anything no. like that.
0: I mean, there's that's plenty right. of stories in that. You know, Baxter Holmes talked to seventy plus people. Oh, For that story,
1: he probably could have talked to 150.
0: Yeah, I mean the stuff about Robert Sarver. I mean, I've I've never over the years ever heard any like specific stories about him, but there's always been floating out there like, yeah, Sarver's the next one, the next owner to go down. And like mm. ever since I got into sports media, that's always what it's been like. He's the next one. Um, so I mean, this is it. This is the story. It's here now, and the NBA investigation will begin. And to see if they can find proof of some of these inc- incidents that are reported or other incidents that weren't reported, but they do uncover, because um, I'm sure the NBA knows everything or will know everything um, that they can based off their investigation. And this could change absolutely everything for the Suns franchise. Absolutely everything. Here's
1: the other thing that Raja said that stood out to me the most, which was he's he's got the group text with all the old Suns guys, right? They're all still close. He said, the story drops and inevitably they're all going to be talking to each other about it, right? Not one, not one person was surprised. Yeah. Okay. That that, uh, that, that that about sums it up. It tells me, there's not one guy that's like, yo, 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 yo. Like, we dealt with Robert. He's not, you know, he's not who they say he is. Like, you know, James Jones, who's obviously the GM right now, said, My interactions with Robert have never been like this. And what, you know, and people that work there now. But the fact that Raja, like that, all these people that were with the Suns and played for the Suns, when the story comes out, if you're a good dude and that story comes out, there's a lot of people that are like, what in the world? Yeah. I can't believe that. Instead, nobody's shocked. Bro, there are shocking things in that story. Yeah. A lot of them. A lot of shocking things.
0: The opening anecdote And
1: itself, nobody's surprised. Yeah. And nobody is surprised. Dude, and some of his, like, yeah, obviously he was able to respond to some of it through lawyers. Yeah. So, oh, uh, the other thing, all you need to know from reading it, for those that take the time to, and I would encourage you to, it's a fascinating read. It is. The... The response to the passing around the picture of my wife in a bikini to the people that work there being, no, 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 no. This is being misconstrued. This company had sent these items to my house. My wife tried on, you know, they were doing uh, NBA merchandise now. My wife tried on one of the bikinis and I was passing it around the table so that my business people could see, was this something we'd like to carry in the team store? Like, bro, what lawyer thought that that was a reasonable excuse for why you passed around that picture? Like anybody with a brain is like, shut the hell up, bro. I just, I would just like to see if, this was the type of merchandise they would like in the store. In,
0: in response to that story, that story within the Baxter Holmes report, one son's co-owner, one son's co-owner said the level of misogyny and racism is beyond the pale. It's embarrassing as an owner.
1: Unbelievable.
0: That was in response to the story you just shared from there. He'll and, be uh, and from a former son's back, basketball executive, there's literally, literally nothing you could tell me about him from, from a misogynistic or race standpoint that would surprise me.
1: Well look, the NBA does their own investigation and they find out what they want to find out.
0: Yeah. He will no longer be the owner of the Suns. The tough part is finding evidence. I mean, that's gonna be the tough
1: part. Uh, well, your evidence, your evidence is gonna be if you can find a bunch of people to say this guy's a racist, you can't have that can't be. You know what I mean? Yeah. That can't be. And I'm
0: I'm sure evidence exists. I'm sure I- it does. Matter videos, of time. photos, matter recordings. Of time. You, it's you just can't, a matter of time. You
1: can't, you can't conduct yourself in that manner for that. E- emails.
0: Long. We, j- yeah. I mean, like the NFL mess that just happened. I mean, that's a complicated that's right. issue. I, I'm, I'm not like fully in tune with it, but like John Gruden lost his job.
1: That's right. You
0: know, based off of emails.
1: That's right. Um. So an investigation will take place. Great work by Baxter Holmes. I feel terrible for the Suns. I will say it's going to be absolutely crippling for them. I know that you could say the right things. We just want to focus on basketball. But the way NBA organizations work, I'm telling you, that entire building is the absolute, I mean, one of the most miserable workplaces, as if it weren't miserable a a day ago. Yeah. Walking into there today. And that just affects everything about the whole place the business office, the basketball office, everything. When this is going on, and this is what everybody's talking about. And then your players have to answer for it. And just the people that work there, everybody that gets a check from the Phoenix Suns today is in a different world than they were 24 hours ago. Yeah. And it sucks for them. And I hate it for them. You know, I really do. It, I hate I know, it.
0: Absolutely. Them. I mean, it's out, it's out of their control that they have a, a dickhead owner. That's right. Right? I mean, and, and, they, and they have to deal with that just to, you know, to, to ride for themselves and their families. Well,
1: and they still got to go through. And, and look, they still got to go through working for the people that they work for, yeah. which are people that he hired. And he's yep. still in charge despite this all going on. You think that's going to be a happy place? No. Holy mackerel. As if it weren't crap 24 hours ago. Oy, I can't imagine. Yeah,
0: um, and, I, and I feel bad for Suns fans, too. For the fans of the team as well, Absolutely. you you root for this team, you you pour your heart, your energy, your love, your money into a team an organization that just made the NBA finals and had its best run in ten years, and then this happens. Yep. Then you then then like you find out that the owner that you've hated for years is actually worse than you it,
1: thought.
2: It just spe- uh, it,
1: it just it, sucks. It also it. speaks to how incredible that team was last yeah. year and Monty Williams was last year because yeah. it is just. It's so hard to achieve greatness with a terrible owner. Yeah, Raja, that- Raja even got emotional speaking about it and knowing what that environment was like and saying, you know, you wonder if it could have been even better than it was. You know? because of, Yeah, because of him at yeah. the top. Yeah, Could it have been, yeah. could, you know? Did we get the most out of, when you know everybody there is... You can't get the most out of people when they live in fear. And that's how he conducts his workplace. And so if you're constantly fearful of your job, you're never going to be able to get the most out of those people. And so Raja, he actually got emotional speaking about that. And it it sucks to think about. What could it have been? What if everybody wasn't walking around on eggshells and, you know, now that you know what you know, fearful of this guy,
0: you know, scared of him. I I can't get over the the statement about like it was Earl Watson who created the toxic nature. Dude, Earl like Watson that. was there for like a year and a half. Hey,
1: oh, and it says like that he wasn't right there after. Long at all. I think it's what did it say? Seven coaches in 8 years and yeah. six GMs or something like bro, what? Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. Earl Earl Watson was there for uh 33 games in 2015-16, 82 games in 16-17, then three and 1718 so a a little over uh uh, like one and a half full seasons um yeah he he's the cause of the toxic culture yeah yeah he he's definitely the cause not not the guy that's been the owner for two decades but i don't know man like i'm so glad this story was written baxter holmes is as good as it gets in terms of being like a a capital j journalist i mean he is a journalist not just a sports journalist he is a journalist baxter holmes is one of the best doing it um in any field Um, his reporting is thorough um it is in depth and it is careful so with baxter i I trust him as a reporter um and i ultimately like this story like i I, i'm glad it was written because it sheds light on some of the people that were actually affected under his leadership under him being the owner um i just hope if this is indeed all found to be true. Uh, the NBA investigation does find this all to be the case. I just hope for Phoenix this turns out to be the best long term for that organization, if it does lead to the removal of Robert Sarver as their owner.
1: Yeah. You have uh another piece of news, and and we're bearing this until the end because Lord knows we've spent uh an immense amount of time over the last couple of years talking about Ben Simmons, but this new story is just frankly odd. The 76ers are increasingly frustrated with Ben Simmons refusal to accept organizational assistance to address his mental readiness to play. Uh, Ramona Shelburne was reporting on this. Simmons has been working with team doctors to treat a back ailment. He has been unwilling to meet with team doctors to discuss his mental readiness. Instead, he has worked with mental health professionals via the players association since the summer. So far, Simmons has yet to provide details of those meetings to the team. Um, and then it says he's engaged with teammates and members of the coaching staff one-on-one, but is not advanced to rejoining full-team activities. It's unclear if he will. Um, they say they want to help him get mentally ready to play so he can return to the team, um, but they have no idea if that's going to be able to take place. And so just a bizarre turn of events. I, I, and, and, and one of those where it's like, I I honestly don't know how you handle this, and I think that's what the Sixers like. That's the source of their frustration. If a guy says, "Hey, I'm not mentally ready to play," and they say, "Okay, what can we do to help you get mentally ready to play?" And then nothing is the answer. Basically, like there's nothing you could do. Like then what? And then you begin getting and, and you get in this precarious situation where. And I'm not saying. The kid doesn't have mental health issues. I don't know. What I am saying is if he does, um, look, it is hard to believe. Let me just say this. It is hard to believe that now um, after saying I'm not playing there, after not showing up, after not being in training camp, after – Uh, dicking around when they did give him a jersey at training camp Uh, then saying he then he faked an injury Um, and now it's I'm not mentally ready it's like I mean at some point you you, you, I'm sorry if the guy does have mental health issues which is totally possible but you do get a boy that cries wolf thing here and now you're screwing around with this you know with the I'm not mentally ready and they don't care about my mental health. Like, are you going to be mentally ready if they trade you tomorrow? I think most people, you know, the, the the most, the, the, even the least cynical of us would sit there and say, here's betting that he would be mentally ready. If he was wearing another Jersey tomorrow, like that, this is a play as to say, I'm not playing and you can't find me because I'm not mentally ready. You know, tough. This is a tough situation, Kevin. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, it is.
0: It is. Know? I mean, cause, I mean it's not like a, you know. Cuz
1: you don't want to uh, dick around with somebody's mental health.
0: No. It's not it's not a sprained ankle. It's not a sprained ankle, it's not a broken arm.
1: But there's going to be another time when a guy really does, you know, need to get away. He's got a he's got a mental health issue that needs to be dealt with and you know, will will be provided the same protections. Uh you know from team and from uh the n b a, but when you say "I'm not mentally ready," and then the team says, "We will do anything we can to help you get mentally ready, and then you deny that help
0: yeah i I, I don't know, I mean, you know like what it, I mean it's you want the help from the people you want the help from it's it is your choice, whether it's you know a physical issue or a mental health issue, but I mean, it's just complicated, it's complicated, you know, because of all the family drama that they've okay. had this this summer. Um, I mean, like it's all public. Um, I just don't think it's. I mean, like, should we say what it is? You know, yeah. No, I mean, mean, Ramona wrote. Ramona wrote about this. I mean, yeah. Back in April,
1: very serious family issues. Yeah, yeah. I mean, back in April,
0: his sister Olivia uh, accused on Twitter her half brother Sean Tribe of molestation when they were young, and the the whole family came out and denied that immediately. Sean Tribe sued her for defamation. It was ordered that she needs to pay 550,000 dollars to Sean Tribe, their half-brother, um, for what she said about him. Um, I mean, this, is, this happened in September, like, and Ben's that's when in the, the middle of came it through. and Bill's, Ben's in the middle of it, exactly. Yep. So I mean, like he very clearly, like we know the family's going through something. We know Ben Simmons is going through something. That's right. Um, like, this is a complicated issue. Um, I mean, like you said Chris, you would hope that if he does get traded, he just doesn't suddenly magically become, "Oh, I'm okay now." Yeah. Um because I can't imagine what it's like. I can't put myself into anybody's shoes in that family. This is this but is a challenge what they're all that, going through.
1: Here's here's the issue though. I don't he never used that as a reason for any no. of the uh, any that was never a reason why he was not playing for the 76ers. Because guess what, Kevin? If that was a reason that was given at the very beginning, if that was a reason that was given in his meeting with the 76ers brass, if that was a, me- a reason that clutch was putting out there to everybody, people would understand. Yeah. You would get you would get a They're level totally, of yeah. you would get a level of compassion. That was never yeah. what was said.
0: I mean, but also part of it might it be like they don't- but part of it might be he doesn't want to shine an even brighter light on it. That's this isn't something that like this is buried at the end of our podcast here. It's not something that like is talked about openly because it doesn't actually directly involve Ben Simmons. It's between his sister and their half brother. That's right. Um, but like you know, this might be the type of thing Ben Simmons doesn't want to put more attention on this himself. You know, by saying something publicly, by, you know, releasing some statement, by leaking something through media, which I think is perfectly understandable. I mean, like if, if there is indeed a mental health issue, th- then, you know, he doesn't need to tell anybody it's what already it is. Been,
1: but no, I don't. I, look, it had been reported. If the, it, it had been reported, it reported on ESPN. It's not like yeah, it was just a, a sidebar. Yeah. If, if it, 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 so, it's not like it wasn't public. And you could have said that from the very beginning. Look, man, I've had a lot of stuff go on in my life, and I'm not, I, I ain't ready. And to I'm play. not okay. I'm not ready. But yeah. Calvin Ridley just walked away from the Falcons. Said, I can't, I can't do this. I can't do this. I got to focus on myself, guys. You just see people come out there saying, you know, to hell with Calvin Ridley. They yeah. said, geez, man, he, go get better. Go
0: get he, better. He was open, honest, and transparent about what he's going through.
1: That's right. Um, and so we'll see, but this is – it's a sticky situation for sure because um, they they want to get him back on the court or want to get him back on the fold, and he obviously is not willing to do that.
0: Yeah. And in the meantime, the Sixers are 7-2. and two, Yep. Off to a
1: terrific start.
0: Um, they're
1: rolling. They are.
0: Playing very good basketball.
1: Uh, last thing, you did come out with an article. I would I encourage everybody to go check it out on therigger.com. About 10 breakout players based on the first couple of weeks of the season – um, as I read, as I read through the article, we've covered, I think we've talked about all these guys over the course of the last few shows and even leading into the season as potential, uh, breakout guys this year. Um, when you are putting together uh, that list, um, and you're doing the research for it obviously we've talked about a lot of them there's obvious yeah. ones like Morant's exploits like heroes exploits miles bridges yeah, yeah 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 of the of those guys when you look deeper into it which were you uh more convinced of maybe than you were in the past that much better things are on the horizon um
0: none of them really none of them <laughs> you knew no. you knew going in not none of them <laughs> Um, I feel I feel like the whole list. I mean, originally I pitched it as like most improved early, most improved player of the year rankings. Mm -hmm. So there would have been like a number next to their names, right? One, Miles Bridges, two, John Morant, (laughs) and we we instead made it a breakthrough players list. Um, but really it was a most improved player list at the beginning when I pitched it. <laughs> so th- that explains the order of some of these players on there, Chris. But um, hey, I, I,
1: yeah. I did feel like in your article, I did laugh <laughs> because my guy, Cole Anthony, he might as well have been quoting the mismatch podcast when he said the following. Oh, that's a great quote, isn't it? There, there was 14 dudes picked ahead of me. You think there's 14 dudes better than me in that draft? I'm just (laughs) curious. What do you think? That's a great quote. There's that old video I had, Uh, mm -hmm. and I said, this is way too low. Way too low for Cole Anthony. I mean, he he was what he was, you know, and people could blame the North Carolina year, but that was extenuating circumstances. We'll
0: see. We'll see. We'll Cole see. Cole Anthony like, is like, good. Like, like, like I like I said in the article. Oh yeah, he, oh, hey, hey. You it, know what I love the, uh, you, nine you ten do, games.
1: Hey, oh, you do. We'll see with Cole Anthony, but you say it's it's for real with Mo Bamba. Fascinating. Hmm. 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 <laughs> <laughs> well, Cole, well, here
0: here's why. Because with Cole Anthony, it's very largely about, like, he's shooting over 40% from three on seven, eight attempts per game. How sustainable is the shooting? Well, we'll find out over the course of the year. I I think I noted that pretty consistently with some of the other guys. Like, is this because of unsustainable shooting? Like, with John Morant, you know, I raised the question, but I don't think that's why. Like, he's made steady progress each year of his career. With Cole Anthony, we'll see if this is his – you know, good touch from the free throw line and floater range translating into a consistent jump shot? Or is he going to go back to becoming incredibly streaky like he was in the past at past levels, high school, college, and rookie year of NBA? We'll see. I mean, I'm encouraged overall. He is playing with better feel, yep, better and, pace. So, like, there there is definitely some progress that's happened, like with, even with Harrison Barnes. Yeah, I think a lot of that is, like, he's not going to shoot nearly 50% from three. For the whole year, those numbers are going to fall. But what's not going to drop is the amount of attempts per game. They clearly want to get him more shots. So I don't know. Uh, I I think with a lot of these guys, one guy I'll tell you who I am buying, Chris, Desmond Bain. I know we've talked about him before, but I buy Desmond Bain completely. You loved him coming out of the draft. I loved him. Yeah, I love him. I love him. Jacob Pertle, were you surprised to see him on the list? Yes. Yeah, I feel kind of silly putting him on there.
1: Breakthrough. (laughs) Come on.
0: I mean, breakthrough?
1: feel like he's been around
0: forever yeah what is he 26 27 (laughs) 26 years old i I do think he's gotten better as a rim protector though because he last year he was great Mm. this year he seems even better as a rim protector Mm. doing more on offense too like it's about the volume on offense as well the responsibility with some of these guys it's not just like oh he got better as a shooter or he oh he got better as a ball handler it's oh he's getting more
1: opportunity can i as we close this show, just speak up for every NBA fan out there. As someone who is, and is, looking very forward to the weekend and all the games that are going to be going on, I was looking at the schedule, and, like, can we start getting these friggin' Pelicans games off of the national TV slate? This is an outrage. Like, it's Warriors-Pelicans again tonight. I feel oh, like wow. they're they're on national TV all the damn time! Like, it's three years in a row the Zion thing has burned them. Really? Like, can we just flex these out?
0: I know N- NBA needs to be more flexible with that next TV contract. like, yeah, like, gotta, they, like they shouldn't be on.
1: If something like this happens, you got to be able to flex it out. You know? What do you, you really do? In its
0: place though for the late night game: Indiana, Portland, Charlotte, Sacramento. Do you put one of those on? Charlotte, St-
1: Sa- Charlotte, Sacramento is a much better game.
0: Yeah, but. From a, rating, from a rating standpoint, uh, is it more financially beneficial so, to have them on TV than Steph Curry in the Warriors, even yeah. if it is against New Orleans?
1: Yeah, so people will just people are just going to tune in to see the Warriors no matter yeah. what, right? No matter the know.
0: opponent. I don't know. I mean, they have all the data behind the scenes that I, I don't and we don't. But I'm just I'm just throwing that. Thought well, I out promise there. I'm you, you
1: don't, i promise you, you don't get one extra viewer for the Pelicans. But, or, or is that, <laughs> like part that, the, that that's not a Pelicans fan?
0: Or is that part of the problem that you're thinking about short short term gains rather than say, hey, let's put uh, some of these young stars like Lamelo Ball and, and you know right. Tyrese Halliburton and Davion Mitchell on national TV where hey, you know it's Friday night, someone just got home from you know their dinner with friends, they turn on ESPN. And then, then they find out Davion Mitchell's their new favorite player because of the way he played defense on the mellow ball for three possessions in a row, right? Like may, well, maybe, maybe it is like put Charlotte Sacramento on TV and 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 invest in that so there's more interest in those players and teams.
1: Or you might want to put on the best guy from that rookie class that won Rookie of the Year. It's also in a small yeah. market. Maybe you could do that too. Yeah. Or or Dame. They just keep Portland. on. You <laughs> could put you could put Zion Williamson in the friggin' uh, I'll National tell you TV what,
0: that, that, young, that our early game, though, Knicks-Bucks, that's a good one tonight.
1: It is That's good. a good one. Yeah, that's it a really a good, good one. It is a good game. It's been a fun season thus far, for yeah, sure. And, I, and the basketball is great. There's a lot of yeah. two-hour games now. I love the lack of free throws and flow of game. I really do. Um, Kevin, it is always a pleasure. Thank you, as always. Uh, today, for filling in, actually, is Isaiah Blakely. Uh, filling in as our answer. producer so thanks to isaiah thanks to everybody for listening kevin i will talk to you next week looking forward to it
0: there's a lot that could impress you about the all-new honda prologue EV. True, it's got class-leading passenger space and clean, thoughtful design and intuitive technology. But what really sets the Prolog apart from the competition is that it's more than an EV. It's a Honda. Honda, the power of dreams. Visit honda.com prolog to learn more.
2: This episode is brought to you by Lululemon. Guys, if you're ready for a new pair of pants, try one of Lululemon's ABC pants. They're made to make you look and feel good